listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about pregnancy and each type in marriage. Wow, I am so amazed at all of the great research you guys gave me for this. I literally had my IG blown up, so we are going to have so much fun talking about your literal analyses of the good, the bad, and the ugly of pregnancy today, the losses, the longings. And I think it's a great episode that we get to talk about this all around Father's Day. So I hope the dads out there had an amazing Father's Day. And of course, it's making me more tender in my own marriage too, because I am celebrating my 20-year anniversary, if you're listening live on Monday, June 21st. So excited about that. And I know I share this anniversary with a couple out there that I see, so happy anniversary to them. And I hope many of you June wedding people or whenever your anniversary anniversary is that you have a ball. We have really been blessed to be able to travel this year. I know we're all feeling blessed if we're starting to make travel plans and we are just so grateful. So um, I am just so happy to talk about pregnancy, but I will say that it's also very hard for me to look back because I am a future thinker. So it has been very slow and that's probably good for me, but I had to pull out my pregnancy journal, make myself pull it out because I am a major avid journaler. And so of course I have everything recorded for what purpose, I don't know since I don't look back, (laughs) but in the moment I always want every little thing recorded. So my kids have these bursting at the seams baby books on top of letters I write each of them every year on top of this pregnancy journal where I record everything from beginning to end of all three pregnancies called Cradle of the Thought by Tracy D. Nelson. So I'm just putting a plug out there for her, whoever she is, because I really appreciated your book and it really helped my kids to be able to see what was it like when I was pregnant with them and after birth and everything because honestly, each time I was continually pregnant, I used to not only go to baby center and then now there's apps. I just always got the weekly emails. Um, but what's really nice for this was I got to remember how I felt with each ensuing pregnancy. And so when I thought there was a new stage that was weird, I was able to look back and say, oh my gosh, this is so cookie cutter. You already had this, or maybe it was different. And so I knew this was the time I should call the doctor. So anyway, there were so many ups and downs. Sounds like you all had the exact same experience with your wives, or if this is you listening who's already been through it, that you had ups and downs. And I do want to say before we go through type by type that there was nobody who said that life was perfect and that they'd had no issues whatsoever. Even the ones who said it on the posts that I made on Instagram said, here's the true story. There were some hard moments or anyone who usually was saying this was the worst thing ever came around and said that obviously their reward was worth it. But I do want to let you guys know that almost half of the women who had experiences with pregnancy said that they had a postpartum depression issue severe enough afterwards or anxiety, two heads of the same coin, to make them have to use medication. So be aware that the other half of the people that I surveyed, and I didn't give a third option for it was perfect just because I know hormones do shift. It's it's kind of like if I say, is it perfect? It's, it's like that's probably a really rare person that had that. But the other option I gave everyone on the survey was, 
it was a little tough, but I got through it. But what I really want to let everybody know toward the beginning of this episode is there is no shame in having to call the doctor and say, hey, I thought I was going to be okay off my anti-anxiety or anti-depression meds. I'm not because there are medications that are safe to use while pregnant. And then to the rest who are trying to strong arm your way through it, who really do know you need meds, I heard from some of you who said, gosh, I had a really bad form of depression or psychosis even, and I wish that I'd been able to uh, stop Stop listening to the naysayers and just go get my meds. So don't feel bad if you have to get your meds. That's okay. After a baby is born or even while you're pregnant, there may be things that will comfort you and help you to be able to do this because we know how exhausting it is. And it's up and down and everybody's different. Everybody has their ups and downs, even if they said on the post that it was great. And also don't be afraid if you have to go through a pregnancy or the time afterwards and get some help because everybody's going through stuff with you. You're bleeding a ton afterwards and you're you're letting down with breastfeeding and your breasts are sore for a couple weeks while you're trying to breastfeed. They're engorged with milk, even if you're not going to nurse. And so there's just so many areas of life that need to be tended to, in addition to many of the moms saying, hey, I had preeclampsia, or I had gestational diabetes, or other issues that you were all dealing with on top of your pregnancies. It's just your body is going through something huge and traumatic, and yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's wonderful. But we're going to talk about a few tips for making your pregnancy and your birth experience as good as possible today. And and I want you to know that while none of them are perfect, we're going to also go through type by type to see what are some tendencies you guys as spouses can watch out for, because I did notice that there were certain trends with some of the types as well. Not all of them, but certain trends. So I'll try to cover the types in general with males and females and what might be happening. And there might be a lot of polarities because there are a lot of polarities in life, right? We're not just an Enneagram type, but this is still gonna be a fun topic because babies are so cute. And when you're pregnant, you're generally excited about at least one aspect of it. We'll talk about all of this. Okay, so my first tip for you guys is there's no should when it comes to intimacy and marriage during pregnancy. Laughing because a lot of you said in my DMs and on the stories that you really liked to have extra sex and your husband was so attracted to you or if you're the husband listening, you just found your wife irresistible because she was so hot and you just, I mean, here her breasts are engorged and you're just like, this is like, she's totally luscious. So I get it that some of you guys were in that space and you had the best of times. I also get that some of you were in a space where you felt like your bodies or your spouse's body was taken over by the twilight zone and life is now a complete war zone. So don't feel like you're totally in left field if that's your experience because A, not everybody talks about their marriage and their sex life, and sometimes this is happening to them too. And B, sometimes people say things that are actually not true about their marriage because they don't want you to know they're struggling. So just don't feel out that everybody else 
uh, can't relate because a lot of people can. And if you're the person who's glowing and happy and having the best sex life you've ever had, understand that everyone has seasons. It rains on the just and the unjust. We all get our time. So let's be gracious when it's our time to shine, that we don't brag too much, that we're not just showing off in the limelight. And meanwhile, we're already having episodes to talk about adoption and and miscarriage and infertility. And so, um, and I will call miscarriage pregnancy loss. And, And so we're really in this space of holding compassion for each other. And that includes not just community, as I'm sharing, here, but also your spouse who is feeling really sick or tired, or if there are certain personality types, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, like I said, like they're being invaded. So it's important that you realize that. And sometimes that's the husband who feels like the family's been invaded, not just the wife. Pregnancy can affect either spouse negatively. So please don't let judgments about that get you down too much. Understand that it's slow as I felt each of my nine months went by. Now that I'm years past all three, I'm nine years past my last pregnancy, I'm like, oh, it's so nice to be past. And I love that I'm past. But now I realize nine months goes by very quickly. So I want to encourage you that life is long and it starts getting faster as you go on. So if it's slow, one nice healthy reframe there is to say, I know things are going to get a lot faster after the baby's here. So I'm just going to try to take it day by day. My second tip for you guys is that not everybody's pain levels are the same and your pain levels might shift from day to day and energy. So please try to pace yourselves and instead of running ahead of yourself, try to make sure that you allow yourself rest time and your spouse rest time, especially if you're the social subtype. That is also even more important as a woman has more children or gets older or if she's a five or nine on the Enneagram and doesn't have that much energy to start out with. Of course, being a seven, that wasn't as much of a struggle for me at the beginning. But by my third pregnancy, I was in bed every night for a good trimester for about I guess I went to bed at about 8.30 and my kids always watched shows together with my husband, which is one of our favorite things we love to do. And I felt like I was left out. I felt that weird FOMO feeling of sevens. But at the end of the day, I was going to get an ocular migraine in my eyes and have strange vision if I didn't do this or just feel like garbage. So it really wasn't an option at that point not to do it. And I was forced. Of course, hindsight being 20-20, I'm laughing that I never rested. And that was just something that I felt was anathema to me. I'm like, this is the worst. I'll never rest. I will not shut my eyes and nap. And I told you the stories on this podcast about how in my very early, late 20s, early 30s, I was doing all these experiments on myself to see the limits I could push. And it wasn't the same feeling in pregnancy. It was just, oh, you've already got littles. You got to keep going. Only now... Am I realizing that a seven sits between 0.6 and 8 on the Enneagram and I'm just personality wise going to be one of the last to come to the understanding of rest and it's going to be so counterproductive to me because I have such a hard time reaching the heart space that it's going to come late and so I've had to learn a lot of lessons kind of late and that's one of them that I hope some of you will learn earlier than me is there is a true law of supply and demand and that's why we have all the laws of energy and physics and so we can remember that we're not invincible we're truly not even if we're one of the higher energy personalities we need our rest so we need to 
say no to a lot of play dates. We need to say no to a lot of the outings, maybe some of the, even the in-law experiences that our spouse wants us to go to. We need to stand strong together, united in those things so we can get the rest we need to grow an actual human being inside of our bodies. And so now looking back, like I said, I can go, are you kidding me that you wouldn't allow yourself one nap during your first two pregnancies? And it took ocular migraines in your third pregnancy for you to be able to do it. And it's like, yep, some of us learn the hard way. So I hope you're not one of those people, but if you are, please do get your rest. And spouses of that type, uh, I think it's hard when people in the twos, seven, eights, and other at threes spaces, when we slow down ones, because the spouse is like, are you kidding me? Why would you slow down? Because they're just not used to it. So you have to start setting that boundary for yourself, even if it doesn't feel like you need the rest. If you have older children during a pregnancy, they'll find those times to be some of the sweetest too, because normally, like I said, you're this busy bustling type and they're like, oh my gosh, my mom was present. She was available. And of course I would find places in my five zone. I was always writing marriage books and I was busy still from my bed, but the cuddles and the soft touches and the kisses on the head and just being together while I rested still, even with me doing things were some of the most precious memories we will ever get to create. So I hope you can remember that. And it might be you and your spouse. It might be you on the phone with loved ones and just slow down, if not stop sometimes. And remember that it'll ultimately be short. Now, I know you guys know I love to talk about self-care, so I'm not going to give more adages about self-care other than what I just gave, but I do want to let you guys know that another important thing that changes for a lot of women in pregnancy and just afterwards is body image issues, and especially if you're part of the sadness, shame triad, two, three, and four, but every type can struggle because there's just a lot of changes. And I think the other type I'll mention right here is ones because they're so self-critical and you really do have a you know body that has almost this great elasticity before that and there's not as many stretch marks usually. And some of us, I know from 23andMe, are more prone to stretch marks. You just love hitting the genetic jackpot. But anyway, I think that it's just so important that you look at your body after pregnancy with the war wounds or during pregnancy and just stand in awe of it and the miracle that has come through and is going to come through your body and just allow yourself sometimes embracing the wonder of it because it is a tremendous miracle that is happening inside of you and through you and they truly will be your battle wounds your your scars your stripes and i want you to be able to display them proudly and some people yes do their boudoir pictures or they show them on social media that's not what i'm getting at that's not even how i celebrate but i do know that after the initial views of myself and my battered body after the pregnancies uh, even for a good year afterwards, sometimes you give different critical looks at yourself. You start to realize and come around and to be more gentle if you're doing your inner work and you say, wow, like this is awesome. I can't believe that I did this. Every time I see this, I remember how strong I am. And I think that's a really cool part of life that I've been able to teach my teen daughters and they have such healthy body images because we have always talked about our bodies as these useful, beautiful creations of God versus, oh my gosh, can you believe how disgusting this is? And we really try to not vilify our bodies against us, but just talk about it and even allow our thoughts to 
resurrect from the dregs and to be lifted up. So I want to encourage husbands to do that as well. It may take some time and it may take you even getting plastic surgery. That's not the way that I did it, but I know that that's a lot of women and some of my friends who felt like I needed that in order to feel functional or to be able to move again or to have a sexual intercourse comfortably. There are so many aspects of your body that go through so much during and after pregnancy that I certainly am not going to judge anybody for any of these moves. But where you can honor your body, and even if you do need some tweaking, just honor it because it's an amazing mechanism. And I hope it even increases your sexual desire afterwards because you're strengthened by that reminder of this experience. And if you're listening and you haven't had a baby yet, obviously your body is stunning and gorgeous and maybe you don't want babies and that's okay. But I also want to admire those who have gone through this process and just take some time for you to be able to walk through this experience of glory and enjoying the fun of what you've done. And maybe it allows you to be more healthily assertive, not over your spouse in a domineering way, but just a way that presents you with oh my gosh, I never realized I'd have more confidence. And I've mentioned it before, but one of my favorite therapists that I used to work with in Detroit, she and I were swimming outdoors and she said to me one day between our sessions, she said, Krista, I just want to tell you, don't feel ashamed of your body because when you're 50, you're going to appreciate it more than when you're 20. And I'm not 50 yet, but you know what? I totally see the trend because when you're 20, a lot of times you are quite insecure and you're just still growing up in a way and your brain is even still developing. So it's important that you know, let this trend continue, continue to mold and see your body as a miracle and try to find the parts of your body that you do like. And sometimes you can't like certain things. Like after one of my kids, I got such bad hives that I had to take prednisone. I mean, they were so bad. And I ended up, it was through an animal um, biting me. And so uh, long story, (laughs) I've written devotionals about it, but long story that I don't think that at those moments I was at all going, oh my gosh, you're stunning. But I was more in that scientific thinking space of all like, A, I'm itching and B, oh wow, this is just nasty. So sometimes it is going to be like that, but it wasn't me saying I'm nasty internally. It was me saying, this is hard. This is scary. This is gross. Um, But I hope to treat it and I hope that we can find ways to cover it up. And I had to do therapy in those moments. I was already back to work. It was after my firstborn, Hannah. And uh, it was distracting in a good way to meet with clients. And I had Benadryl, but I'm just letting the dads know and the moms know that sometimes the issues aren't gone once you're out. And it's not just like, okay, let's schedule the plastic surgery. It's like, nope, these are things where a lot of us just going to live with and we're going to work around or we might have like I did sort of a allergy that was based upon just all the changing hormones and shifts being exacerbated. So just be patient with your body as it heals. And then do understand even after the nursing days, Sometimes with your breasts, they will take shape again. So people get scared. They're like, oh my gosh, I've been nursing and it's so scary. And I'm just feeling so out of sorts for who I am. Just understand. And I hope husbands listening can give their wife time and be patient with her. Not patient like, okay, babe, when are you going to be ready for sex again? 
but patient in terms of her hormones just going awry and this whole self-esteem journey that's taking place and build into her and build her up and buy her something if she likes to wear certain types of clothes or lingerie that you both love and agree on that you buy her something that makes her feel good about herself and ask her what does and let her know she's beautiful. I hope that if your mind is getting to that space where you're thinking, I don't like her as much, she's just not the same. And guys, this is normal if you're experiencing this because you're going through a very physiological process too. You're losing sleep too, but you've got to come around in your thought life and come back to that space of she just did a miracle. Even if other single women are now giving me more attention, which sometimes that does happen in culture, make sure that you're starting to in your mind to come back to that reminder of all she's been through to create your tribe. You guys are in the world surviving together with tribe. So please think about that and how cool that is. And when somebody tries to steal into the tribe, try to remember, oh gosh, they must be in such a bad spot because this is an established group of people already as a family and somebody's trying to break us up and that is not healthy because that would not be the right way to do things if you cared about a friend, you would say, hey, I noticed you're unhealthy. I recommend counseling, but you wouldn't try to enmesh yourself in as the new male or female. You would try to offer help and get them somebody who is a professional. So just remember, even if you think they're being caring and sweet, set your boundaries with people around you guys extra while you're experiencing childbirth and all of that goes into pregnancy. And it's going to take some time. But like I said, later down the road, you'll be like, oh gosh, I'm so glad I was strong in that moment because I see how long life is and how much more painful it could be if I didn't do things the healthy way then. And some of you are looking back and saying, I wish I had known than what I do now. But now you know, so you can share with others and you can keep growing in your life wherever you're at. So let's talk type by type now that we've gone through a few important caveats for everybody. Type ones, I want you guys to know that what was really interesting about your responses is that a lot of ones said that they felt helpless and like their planning wasn't uh, exactly exactly everything they hoped it would be while they were pregnant and they had to let go of control which was uncomfortable but most of the time they also said that they'd experienced some sort of I noticed at least on the uh, clients I've had as well as in the surveys that sometimes ones have experienced a physical issue in their pregnancies so I think that definitely needs to be looked at as far as stress levels and trying to do things for yourself. If you're one who's not yet having a baby, try really hard to do your anger work. Try really hard to get as healthy and stress-free as possible before you have children. However, understand that all these women writing are very detailed and ones check things out at the doctors more than other types probably. At least that's what I've heard from the Mayo Clinic when a type one client went for a long treatment there. They said a lot of people that come here are perfectionists because they want everything done right. So please understand that that's something that maybe they're reporting more and noticing more. But either way, of course, if you're having symptoms and you're pregnant, go to the doctors. But secondly, understand ones. Try to be able to work on your stress level so you can have the best pregnancies possible. And I just want to empathize and say, understand how scary it is for you to lose control. And it's part of your growth process. But remember that serenity prayer. Remember that ultimately God's plans are best. And I think I'm going to say that to each type because that's what we all need to learn. And type one spouses, I also want to make sure you know that some of the ladies mentioned that the spouses that were males were saying, 
I don't know what to do, but I do want to encourage you to be healthy or maybe got critical of their looks sometimes. So that's probably an especial comment if you're a logical partner and you're a one to not come across as judgmental, but to be supportive and understand, as Gottman says, there's no such thing as constructive criticism. There's just criticism. So try your best to keep that down. All right, type twos, I want you guys to understand that that's a very big variety. There's a lot of twos in the world. And I heard the gamut. I heard the gamut on twos that said they had the best of pregnancies as well as the worst, but all the twos said, gosh, I run around all day. And so it was hard for me to slow down and to stop and to let others take care of me. And so sometimes they didn't. So just make sure that you do let others take care of you. This is a beautiful moment for you to exercise humility versus pride. I can do it all and be pregnant. I think it's a neat thing for you to be able to say, I have needs and I'll let my community come around me and I'll let my spouse come around me in a way that is really what they want to give versus what you want them to give because nobody's going to know exactly what you need unless you tell and often twos don't feel comfortable telling so let them give how they'll give and hopefully when you do ask and I hope you're brave to say here's what I truly want and need that you won't do it in a manipulative way but that you'll be patient to see what's going on and I heard great things about two spouses out there so keep up the great work for supporting and nurturing and encouraging and keep the communication lines open so you can nurture your two spouse if your hubby's a two. Okay type threes there was some complexities a lot of threes said that they were stressed out by being pregnant. They didn't want to admit to having to need to take medication. Others said threes in their extended family were hard on them for wanting to take medication. And still other threes said just the experience of having to slow down was kind of how I described rather terrifying. So they pushed through, but sometimes the threes I noticed like the ones were knocked on their butts. And so they had to slow down. And that's when God just says, stop sign. I'm in charge. You're going to have to. And they did and they made it through, but it wasn't easy and it wasn't fun. So let's just admire them for being honest about this. And then let's remember that a lot of the three spouses worked through when their spouses wanted them to be there emotionally. And they, they just didn't know what to do when their wife was struggling. So they worked harder. So wives, I want you to interpret that as love. And then husbands, I want you to make sure that you guys truly try to step in a bit more emotionally, even if it means baby stepping. So fours, it was really funny to see that as much as we have our typical melancholy fixation with fours, fours really as a group loved pregnancy. All the ups and downs and the emotions were just a total joy ride for them. And they embraced it fully. And I know that perhaps all of my journaling was in my four and five spaces. And it's funny because everybody who really was super like that was a 4.5 or a four wing five. And so I think that's really interesting uh, that many of the experiences of the four are to truly settle into the heart space and to think about it and be in it and maybe write about it and just cry and all kinds of emotions going. But you guys more than me just stayed there and were very present with your pregnancy. So I want to encourage fours who are thinking this might be hard that you're probably going to do amazing. A lot of the time it is an and situation. So and it's probably going to have some traumatizing aspect, even if it's just the body changes later. So be ready for whatever comes, but also understand there's going to be a lot of joy to pair with that. 
For dads, you guys are typically very good with details as well as being there for your family in distress. So it was actually a good thing to hear how fours respond to their families in distress also when the woman is pregnant. But it's also important that fours remember during the moments when it's getting kind of past the pregnancy stages and nursing is there and maybe it's easy for you to step away into your withdrawing zone again. I want you to be careful that you don't leave your wife in her moment of, okay, I'm recovering and postpartum is really hard and you're off withdrawing too and doing your thing. And I say that especially to the sexual four who's probably the most likely to go off and find their own fun. So please try to come back a lot and ask what's needed and be ready for that. Type fives, I want you to understand that this was a very interesting group when it comes to pregnancy. Most of the women who are pregnant fives said that it was very hard and terrifying at moments for them to feel like there was another human being growing inside of them. They were very analytical about it. And when labor and delivery comes, there's also a sensation of the surreal, almost out of body a little bit of, are you kidding me? Something's coming out of me now. And I can relate to that a little bit. I remember shaking like a leaf at the first pregnancy and feeling each pregnancy that as the epidural went in, oh, wow, I really got myself into trouble this time. There's only one way out. And it's just one of those crazy experiences. So I think the fives were all very analytical, just like that. And if you are a five, expect that you will be very analytical. And just like I was, you're researching every week on what's going to be happening in the body. And that research also extends out to the five spouses who said, hey, I was researching the whole time or my spouse was researching the whole time. And that's their way through the anxious moments is I'll know that these sensations are okay. And that's why you hear me meticulously journaling because I wanted to know what do I expect? And the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, I'm sure like me, you read all these kinds of books cover to cover and it's just not enough. There's never enough info for the fives in us. So we have to keep exploring and talking and blogging. And so that is fun, but it's also wearing and your spouse actually needs the real you. So showing up for your spouse still amidst your research probably looks like you guys saying half hour or hour for research. And then each day I'll do that, but I have to come back to my family and be practical and be as emotionally supportive as possible. What I also loved, and I shared this with my ENM certified class recently, but this also came through my DMs that the fives are feeling things, guys, but it's just hard to show. Some of us have a really hard time showing our emotions. So sixes, I wanna let you guys know, Many of the sixes saw other sixes comments and then for a long while on the surveys, the sixes were saying it was hard, it was the worst, it was traumatic. And then I made a comment that I know a lot of sixes are difficult at the beginning of a stressful experience because they want to get it out. They want to troubleshoot and they just panic at the beginning, but then it gets better. And then sure enough, a bunch of sixes, just in case you missed that, came back and said it was actually a great experience because this and that and the other. And then some of them said, with each ensuing pregnancy, I felt so much better because I knew what to expect. So I think sixes and fives both have a lot of analyzing going. And then the fives and sixes together said, oh gosh, we had double analysis going. So be aware that that's something that you will grow from as soon as you're learning. And also understand sixes are very sensitive about their bodies, whereas some people wouldn't notice some of the symptoms and small changes. A six is going to be hypervigilant. So sixes, that should comfort you to know your experience probably isn't any worse than others. It's just you're noticing it more. So that's okay. You want to be careful. You want to be safe. But don't forget, in addition to yourself preserving, that you also 
continue your social time and continue your self-care and your date nights so that you're not totally tunnel vision and give your spouse a break off these conversations so that they're not all day processing your worries with you. Now, sevens at first said the opposite than the sixes, which is everything was perfect. And in truth, a lot of the sevens came around later and said it was actually really hard, but they just wanted to be positive for everybody else. So I think that that's important for you to remember if a seven is painting everything as perfect, then it's not, but they just don't want to burden you with their issues. And they probably feel a little jaded, like you don't really care. You just kind of like, how are you? I'm fine. But if you really want to stop and sit with a seven, then you'll probably get to hear a little longer if you can catch them to sit, which with me by the third pregnancy, you could have caught me to sit and hear how much it was hard pressure on me and all the different issues that you do have in pregnancies and in deliveries. So I think that that's something for you to pay attention to is knowing the sevens don't always tell you, but there's usually a lot of ups and downs just like everybody else. And the seven spouses are often servers and really excited about the baby and really great parents, I would say, uh, especially when they're mature sevens, because if they're not, then they don't transition well. But if they do, then they can really transition well into this is so much fun. I love being a parent and the joy and the wonder can be made even better. But they have to do their work. As you guys know, there's the Peter Pan syndrome of the seven parents. So the the mama may have to say, oh, oh, I have to grow up because now I have a baby to literally keep surviving. So that grew me up as a seven so much. And the husband may say, I don't have that experience. There's nothing happening inside of me. So you've got to be willing to say, oh, I'm watching my wife and it's time for us to grow up together. The sevens also reported in general that it was difficult to lose their freedom when their bodies got super big uh, and they felt like the fives a bit invaded, but it went away when they stayed active in their minds. So that's a good tip for you. Now, eights also said that they felt a little bit invaded sometimes, but most eights wrote that they really enjoyed being pregnant because of the way that they got to feel that fullness of life and that life force inside and just to be aware and mindful of how beautiful the whole experience was for them. It was almost a holy experience to see, gosh, I've always had too much energy and too much. And people have said I was too much. And now all of a sudden it's just right. So it was a really good feeling. And then people said their eight spouses grew more protective of them and really cared for them and were so supportive of pregnancy. Now eights being very traditional a lot of the time, make sure that if you're the eight dad, that you spend plenty of time helping and supporting your eight wife with all the different things that come after the baby is born because you can't do quite as much when the baby's in utero for the baby directly, but all that you serve your wife and love your wife prepare you for when the baby comes to help with diapering and help with all the different feedings. Maybe there's bottles that you can help with. And I think there's just so much work to go around that everyone needs to be all hands on deck, including you with your vast energy eight. So yes, I want you to go get your workouts, but even more, I want you to stay home and stay awake and don't Don't lean too hard into your nine or seven weeks of, okay, I need my video games or I need my sleep because I'm tired, but try really hard to use your extra bursts of energy to help your spouse through because this may be one of the only times that they ever need you. I had a five, eight pairing mention that, that this was the time that the five really needed the eight. So this was a beautiful time of intimacy for them as a couple. And I heard the same thing from a seven, eight. So try to remember this is a beautiful time of intimacy. And then as far as the nine goes, a lot of nines reported that it felt great to be pregnant 
because they got attention and they don't always get that attention. But then others said, oh, it was so hard because I have all these difficulties with transitions and I don't like attention. So I did find the nines to be one of those groups that were polar opposites in different ways. So just try if you're a pregnant nine or you want to be one day uh, to embrace each season. Understand one great piece of advice a lady gave me. I was having my first baby and that was only thing that remains stable about having children is the fact that nothing will remain stable and it will always change. And I found that to be so comforting. It set me up. I love my worst case scenarios for that. And it was true. Everything changes all the time. But because I was ready for it, I was able to embrace it a lot more. And I hope you take that gift as well, nine. And one last piece of advice for our nines that get tired is a parent. Again, this is a worst case scenario, cryptic piece of advice that I loved. And it was that you'll probably never sleep very well for 21 years, but it won't matter because it's so beautiful. One of my favorite couples, looking back, I think they're probably a two nine couple. And anyway, dad, who I think is a nine was the one to say, just as soon as you get to try to sleep, you can't. And so just understand it'll be about 21 years. His kids were graduating high school at the time before you get any sleep. And I just laughed because it's been true, but I have gotten sleep many nights. So it was only true to a point. And I feel like him giving me that advice helped me to be ready for the fact that just because they know how to sleep through the night, you're just, it's different. The minute your kid is born, you're like, okay, I would lay over a railroad track for you. So life is over. And then you have to get back up and have your own life and get your self care and individuate and all that. But it's just an experience. So I will tell you if you're planning on a ton of rest, if you're planning on a ton of me time, understand that there's going to be a new nurturing fourth kind of instinct at war with you. And that is going to be to care for and nurture another person. And I want you to give into that a lot, but not all the time because the best gift outside of the nurture and the love and the attachment you can give to that child is the way that you put your oxygen mask on. So do remember that piece that if you do need to tag team for sleep, go ahead and do that sometimes. Fight for your marriage. Fight very hard. Get those date nights in, even if they're at home. Uh, feel normal. Again, I want all of that for you, but just don't forget to take care of you. Probably one of the best ways I fought my postpartum experiences was going out and doing something, even though I was in a lot of pain. It really helped me to just go to the bookstore I can remember with my second child. And I just remember wow, this feels like me again. Here I am at Barnes and Noble and I'm a person. I'm not just somebody who went through something traumatizing. I'm happy and I, yes, I'm crying sometimes because there's a lot going on, but I'm me and that makes you feel safe to be back to yourself. And it's just you and your body now. And so even if you're enjoying that bonding time nursing, you're also saying, I'm, I'm here and I got through this and that's something to celebrate. So I hope this has been a very interesting and informative podcast to get to hear what all of your peers said. And thanks for listening. I hope you guys have such a great week. And to dads, I hope you have an amazing Father's Day and that this helps you as well. Bye-bye.